This podcast is a proud member of PodcasterWho'sWho.com, the who's who of podcasting. You're listening to Music Sumo Podcast number 035. Please save me from people who've been told what to like and then like it. In my opinion, if you're over six years of age and you're still getting your music from the radio, something is desperately wrong with you. I can only hope that somehow MP3 players and file sharing will destroy FM radio the way they're destroying record companies. Then, even though the air will probably never be safe to breathe again, maybe it will be safer to listen to. Studios with Darcy Tiller, our resident music expert. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Wow, number 35, you're getting up there, John. I know, I'm getting old. Oh, man, that's a lot of podcasts. I know, and it's sure to grow. All right. So uh, you've got some uh, music news this week. What do we have? Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. That's what you were saying. We got yeah. a busy, fun-filled week, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a full week of news and and work and all kinds of crazy oh, yeah. stuff. I think for everybody, huh? Oh, totally. All right, so what do you got, man? What's the, What do you want to talk about first? Um, let's see here. What do we have first? MySpace has come out with a new music store to battle Amazon and iTunes. 
yes, they have all the major. I think I believe all the major labels on there right now. Yeah, yeah. I was I kind of heard a little bit about it too through the mainstream, and I think they they're just try, they're trying to compete with all the other. They have it set up. Pretty much everybody who has a MySpace account goes into the MySpace music anyway and adds songs onto their profile. They also, uh, you know, listen to a lot of things. So why not have the potential to buy them and uh, compete with everybody else? And I, I think you're going to see a lot of people find bands on MySpace and then they go over to iTunes and buy them. So or some other so- source and buy them. So now they can just buy them right there. Yeah, I'm imagining on all everybody's profiles they can add a song that will play when you go to their profile. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a, like, a buy this button right there. So when you go to someone's profile and you hear that song that you like, you just, bam, buy it right away. That would actually be cool. Every once in a while you do, you go to say, a friend's profile or something. You're like, hey, cool band, man. You know, that's, I'll go check out their, you click on them and you go to their MySpace. But if not, it's just one click. You click on that song probably. And then you go to their MySpace account and you can do the uh, add on right there or buy song. So, I, you know, hey, cool. One other way to get more music. Yeah, exactly. It makes it really easy. Yeah, I'll probably end up using that a couple times. Uh, you know, the the MySpace thing, all those things are growing. The more things you can get, the more availability. It also drives prices down elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, um, competition on the market. Yeah, it's a good thing. Speaking of uh, clicking on a button of the music uh, and ordering it right away, YouTube has just announced that they're going to start doing that very thing where... If you go and you're watching a video with music in it and you like that music, you can actually now click or you will be able to click a buy now and it will take you to iTunes and you'll be able to buy that song that was in the video. That's exactly right. They're going to compete with that. That's the same thing as the MySpace. They all have to compete with each other. It's you a know, great idea, though, because oh, I, I, I see so many videos on YouTube that, I, that people choose these independent bands for their backup backing music you know for their video and it's great stuff and i don't know who the band is don't know the song and this way you can click one button i can go and find out who it is and actually buy the song if i want sure sure that goes hand in hand with you know the new technology a lot of uh bands are selling their their shows uh after the concert you can go buy the show or you get access to download the show that you were at uh you know i think flash drives they were doing it through and uh or you could uh, download the show. There's some websites selling a lot of live shows now. I think we talked about that a little bit before, but that's uh, that's something that uh, you know goes hand in hand with all that. The more more you can get online, uh, it, it's really it's sad in a way because uh, I've always liked going to the record store myself. That's been kind of a tradition since I was younger. I think for you too to go look at CDs and flip through them. Yeah, I'm going to kind of miss that sound of uh, CDs getting flicked through because right. it, every, everything's on the internet now. And I, I'm guilty of it, too. I buy a lot of stuff on the internet, but I also like going to the record stores mm-hmm. or CD stores now. They're not really record shops. The thing I, I like about this YouTube model, though, is uh, it's not just for music clips, like concert videos. It could be, you know, the stupid videos where someone gets hit in the balls with a baseball bat or something and there's a music playing in the background of that video. Ah, so there'll be links. Exactly. And you can just click and it'll take you or, right sure. to iTunes and it'll sh- it'll tell you what music was playing in the background of that video and you can then buy that music. That that's pretty cool, you know, and and it seems like with iTunes and all the the other thing is the more of these uh, you know, let's say MySpace adds something and Yahoo puts something and, 
you know, who knows who else. You've got, uh, what, Rhapsody Reel and all those other ones out there. Um, if they all put something out, the price goes down and people have to get more of a catalog to, to make themselves seem bigger. So you're going to see a lot more independent guys getting on there. Um, I think it's neat to see uh, independent sites popping up as well. Right. And it's a cool marriage of video and audio. Yeah, it, it, it's it's cool. I, I like, you know, everybody likes YouTube. I don't think anybody goes, hey, I don't like YouTube. There's something for everybody on there. <laughs> and then getting music out of it, too. Why not? Yeah, that's, that's one of those things. I mean, if you're going to be on MySpace anyway, why not have access to music? If you're going to be on uh, YouTube, get uh, music there. Now you're going to have video games. A lot of video games do that, too. Like you had Grand Theft Auto and a lot of these video games that crossed the line, you know, and started. Same with you know, all the guitar heroes and rock bands, of course. But they started crossing the line, and you had access to go buy music online or download songs, and uh, it's cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they got the rock band uh, guitar books, and I think didn't they have a CD out or something? There's I don't everything. Know if they do or not. There's CDs. Like, I mean, they have everything. I think they have. Uh, you know, I mean, there's everything from stickers. That's a huge market. Uh, the video games. Uh, I know we talked about that before, and they're getting Rock Band Two's already out, and the. Uh, Guitar Hero comes out like October 27th, 28th, something like that. I believe so. And that's it, it's a huge market. The kids love it. I, I like it. It's fun. It's something cool. I actually just went to a uh, concert with my daughter recently. It was the Rock Band Tour. And they had uh, up on the front of the stage, they had a, uh, like a circle uh, raised up, like a little platform, a circle platform raised up at the front of each end of the stage. Mm-hmm. And they set up a like 60-inch plasma, and they had these rock band competitions in between the main acts where people like would have a band that played together. You know, it was hilarious. They had the drummer, the bassist, the guitarist, and the uh, singer. And uh, they even did like Bon Jovi songs, and uh, uh, it was hilarious. It was pretty funny. I thought that was kind of a neat way to pass the time while they were changing acts. That sounds like it. You know, I've seen a couple concerts where they have the text thing. Have you seen that? Where they have the screen up above oh, the stage. Yeah, yeah, they do that a lot now. Yeah, they, they uh, in case anybody doesn't know about that, there's like a screen above the stage, and they uh, kids can uh, text. I don't think too many adults do it, but teenagers can text. Uh, well, the concert's going on, messages up on the screen or in between acts, and they'll put their messages up, and uh, it, it, it's pretty funny. I was at a show one time, and it was like uh, the guy in the green shirt is, next to me is really cute. Please say hi, you know, things like that. So it was. It, it, it's pretty funny. It's just another way to cross over technology and music. Yeah, totally. Going back to the uh, my MySpace store thing, one bad thing I've been hearing, though, is uh, independent bands are having a hard time getting on it. And I realize it's just getting started, and they want to get, like, the biggest rock acts they can, and so they signed major labels catalogs first thing, but... Some of the independent labels are feeling a little gypped right now because they can't get their stuff yeah, on MySpace. I, I agree there. I, I think you're right. The uh, The way they do that, this, the way they set that up, it's hard at first to get on, but they'll, they'll get on. And you know what's cool about MySpace is they basically, anybody can, you and I can set up an account right now, record what we're doing right now, put it up on our MySpace. It's kind of like YouTube. And mm-hmm. once we put that up, everybody can see it. So anybody, any independent artist could post something on MySpace. I don't think there's any limitations to that as far as putting your music up on no, a there website. No, not, not as far as I know. But this is the whole other yeah, MySpace to sell it. store. I, yeah. I got you. But eventually, if you have 
your music set up on a, uh, like, to, let's say I want to add on your song to my profile. Mm -hmm. If that's already set up and you're already adding it onto profiles, I don't think it's that hard and far out of the realm for them to add you on to sell it. So, uh, you know, I think any independent band that can set up an account on there will be able to sell it soon enough. I don't, I don't think that's going to be too hard an issue. And a lot of it's copyright stuff. You know, I, I went on there and I was looking through some old bands and a lot of it's stuff people put from old records. Uh, albums that haven't been around for a while and bands that haven't been around for a while and collaborations of artists from bands that, you know, can't play on the same records together. So because of copyright issues. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that stuff on there uh, or live recordings, for instance, uh, I don't I don't think you can sell. The only thing you're going to be able to get is the official artist stuff from the official sites. And in that case, anybody who's on any type of record label, you're probably going to be able to get. But if it's some guy like me and you putting it on there, they're going to want some, they're going to have to check it somehow. Definitely. Definitely. What do you got today? Uh, you know, not too much. Um, you know, we've got uh, a lot of the bands are getting ready for um, political support. And uh, we have, um, you know, people taking the sides of the Democratic Party or, you know, musicians taking, you know, playing for the Republican Party uh, either way. And uh, a lot of the acts, it, it actually makes a lot of money and sways a lot of vote. When people hear a catchy tune on the radio or the TV supporting uh, one of these candidates, it makes them listen sometimes. So going right into that, John, I know you had some news about um, a Foo Fighters right the Foo Fighters yeah totally um actually what this just made me think of is, as far as you saying that bands are going on tour um to support uh political agendas I guess I just read that the Beastie Boys are going out on tour they have confirmed selected cool. dates through crucial swing states for the upcoming election and so they're going to all the swing states right before the election to uh, inform people about the candidates and who they think is a better candidate. Ah, and interesting. Now, it's an independent thing. They're going out on their own and supporting. Uh, now, there's, I assume they're supporting the Democratic Party. Kind uh, of, uh, I'm assuming that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know that officially, but just as if um, I assume they're supporting the Democratic Party on uh, their end. But you also, you know, you have acts supporting Republican either way. Um, I think a lot of these guys are going out on tour and we're mm -hmm. having benefit shows mainly. Benefit yeah. shows are a big deal when you can charge, you know, 100, 200 bucks a ticket to get people in. Yeah, they're um, they're heading out and stopping in places like Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia on October 28th. And they're stopping in St. Paul, Minnesota, November 1st. And they're going to be with several different uh, opening acts along the way. I believe they're going to be with Sheryl Crow, Ben Harper, Jack Johnson, Nora Jones. Oh, then that's definitely Democratic uh, Party. D. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a yeah. lot of different people. It's going to be like a rock meets hip hop. Um, kind of a rock the vote a, type thing. Is that rock the vote is going to be there with a stand? Ah, okay. Um, and they're going to be doing their thing there. So that's cool. And you know, encouraging it, people to vote. I mean, that's that's exactly. important. I think either way, you know, people need to get out there and do that. And that's that's very important. Very important part of our uh, democracy is to go out there and vote. So I think uh, any anybody who throws a concert either way to vote, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I, I know a lot of bands. Yeah, they're they're getting ready to. Uh, do albums and I mean, we could list in all the bands but there's there's tons of them I'm sure any any band's gonna go political either way and especially during concerts you hear a lot of political talk now I know 
somebody who saw REM recently was complaining that even though they like REM and even though that they, they like Obama, they got real tired of Michael Stipe talking during the concert about it and they would have rather just heard music, you know. Right. They weren't paying to go see a political speech. So sometimes bands get carried away and you're like, hey, dude, let's talk more rock. <laughs> right. Um, but you were meant you brought up the Foo Fighters a minute ago as well. Uh, before I went off on that tangent of the Beastie Boys. Well, you just got all excited because I know how much you like the Beastie Boys. Yeah, and they don't come around too often. No, no, so no. When I, they do, it's a I good like show. To catch no, them when I can. I so. agree. The Foo Fighters, uh, yeah, they Foo Fighters, great band, and I know they they've done. Uh, I believe the last election. Uh, wasn't weren't they? Wasn't it learning to fly or something like that used by Carrie? I could have sworn Carrie had a song. Um, I believe he did use a song, but I believe he got permission. Yeah, by the Foo Fighters. Right and, and now, I wanted to say I heard a, it wasn't either. I heard or I might have heard in the news that uh, he, uh, John McCain was using the Foo Fighters. Right? Yes, he is. Apparently, he is using the song "My Hero" without permission from the band, and the band is extremely miffed about it they actually posted a comment well it'd be one thing if they were affiliated with his party but i think that's crossing the lines a little bit i I think that would upset me if i was voting for a party and they played my you know i'm a democrat and if they switched over and played me yeah that's not fair right this isn't the first time it's happened with the republican party too um you know the band heart yes uh well nancy wilson of heart memorably said that she felt completely fucked over by Sarah Palin's use of the band's Barracuda in some of her campaign stuff. Yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, I think they need to get consent. If you're going to use anybody for one political viewpoint, uh, one way or the other, you ought to have consent. That's, that's definitely, just like commercials, same thing. If you're going to use any of these bands in a commercial, you should uh, have to pay tribute to them or at least get permission. I don't, I don't think... You know, if you want to play a cover of the band in a concert or something, big deal. That's right. a dedication to them. But I, I think that that's a copyright infringement. I think so as well. And according to the statement, the official statement from the Foo Fighters, this is great. They say, this isn't the first time that McCain that the McCain campaign has used a song without making any attempt to get approval or permission from the artist. It's frustrating and infuriating that someone who claims to speak for the American people would repeatedly show such little respect for creativity and intellectual property. The saddest thing about this is that My Hero was written as a celebration of the common man and his extraordinary potential. To have it appropriated without our knowledge and used in a manner that perverts the original sentiment of the lyric just tarnishes the song. We hope that the McCain campaign will do the right thing and stop using our song and start asking artists permission in general. Yeah, and you know that if it wasn't something so high up, I think that they, you know, if it was uh, like a local governor using it, I believe they'd have some sort of lawsuit. I'm, I don't know that officially. I'm not, I don't sit here and read the law book on it, but it sounds to me like uh, that. it's a commercial. It was something that was aired on TV. Right, I don't radio. know if there's like some loophole because it's a political commercial or what have you but i don't think there should be you know no, i don't i don't believe so i think it's treated as a commercial you're paying for i believe the politicians don't get free airtime they have to pay for the airtime to put it on right and i believe they have to pay for any type uh you know sponsorship they put on the commercial uh i, I think that uh you know they, they have to pay actors wages to anybody who's on the commercial 
Uh, I don't see why they shouldn't have to pay for the music on the commercial. And uh, it's just like anywhere else. You wouldn't see a Foo Fighters song getting used on the Mentos commercial without them getting paid. Right. But uh, I'm wondering, though, if that is really what is in question here is the money issue. Because what McCain campaign might have done is gotten a blanket license from the publishing companies to use any song they wanted from a certain True. Very true. That that could be something that the record and and, and Foo Fighters. You might it might come out, but it sounds like if the Foo Fighters, I mean they're they're not definitely. I mean Dave Grohl between the Nirvana catalog and uh, and his Foo Fighters, which he's been very successful with, mm-hmm. uh, has plenty of money, and I'm sure he has some of the best attorneys checking that out. And I don't think they'd come out and make a statement unless they knew that uh, they were in the right on this. Otherwise, right. they, they, their attorney would be telling to be quiet until it was checked out. Um, I have a feeling that they're, you know, right away, I already heard, I want to say that they pulled that song already. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I want to say they pulled that recently. I know that they did on YouTube. Apparently, uh, McCain is getting miffed about YouTube because he puts all his campaign commercials up on there. And YouTube keeps pulling him back down, saying it's copyright infringement because he's not asking permission for the use of these songs. And these artists are getting angry. Well, and that's that's the other thing, you know. I mean, people who post stuff on YouTube, let's say you and I film a video of, uh, you know, our dog jumping around or something, uh, and you put music in the background. You know, is that copyright infringement? I mean, I think if anything, that helps a band out. It helps their name get out there, especially when you have these links. And I think that one of the reasons, going back to something we talked about earlier, that they're putting these links to the bands is because of that. So they don't have Mm -hmm. copyright infringement. If you're watching a video and they have the official band's name on there and the link, then that's not really your... They have the option to sell it. You're not just ripping them off and posting it. So... Everybody wins in that situation. I think it's interesting that the, uh, you know, that in, I, I want to say in my personal opinion, McCain using those songs, and it's not just because I personally don't like McCain. I just, uh, trying to take a, a non-biased opinion on that, I, don't, I think that's that's copyright infringement. I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think you can take an artist's song and use it for a viewpoint without their consent. That would be like saying they like cereal that they didn't like, you know, and not paying them. So it's, it's just, that's a very good point. I, I, I think that any court of law, they could win a case, but I want to, th- I want to say that they just want it pulled. They don't want a big deal about it. It's too there. They'd be fighting too high. It would be in courts forever and cost a lot of money. Yeah. What McCain, is, what McCain's campaign is saying is uh, that this should be considered fair use. Which it really isn't because it's not a national anthem. It's not something that that was dedicated and and given away. And his commercials are longer. I think you can play any song you want. I think thirty second snippets of it. Now, and I think he's using more than thirty second snippets. Okay, now now let's say I took John McCain, and I took either part of his speech from a national broadcast. Well, actually, I think once it's nationally broadcast, you can do anything you want with it, but. Um, other than sell it. But uh, I want to say, you know, let's say I took one of his commercials and I cut up that commercial and I re-aired it in some way, shape, or form as my own commercial. Wouldn't that be copyright infringement? Right. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like is, make is, him say, I love butt plugs or something? Well, not <laughs> necessarily. But like, product he has, want well, let's say you have a Viagra commercial and you've got uh, John McCain 
you know, uh, doing a speech in the background or something. or something. I mean, wouldn't that wouldn't he have a fit about that because he didn't consent to it? it I think it's the same thing. And I really you have to be fair on that. And if you were selected like on a jury for that, I mean, we're kind of getting far fetched here. <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, I, I think you really have to be fair about it. That, that I don't think that's fair to use somebody for a viewpoint without their consent, at least consent. Maybe I'm not even worried about the money part. I'm just saying as far right, as consent. I think that's what this whole thing is mainly about is the Foo Fighters are like, hey, we don't even want to be associated with this guy. He didn't even ask us permission to use this. Please don't use it. And, and I think I, I want to say it's gotten pulled. I haven't. I mean, we'd, we'd have to see and try and find it. You know, maybe we could check that on the Internet in a little while. But I, I, I think he's refraining from that. I don't know about the Palin Hart one. I, that, that was news to me. But yeah, it was news to me, too, as well. I know in past, most of the songs that have been used, there's been permission, um, you know, and, and, and of course, most of these bands are supporting. Usually when the song gets used, like I know when John Kerry did his thing, uh, the Foo Fighters were on stage with him and played the song for him and played a couple, you know, benefits. Uh, that, that's a lot. A lot of these uh, bands, they're they're right out in the open for him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're going to be right there at their campaigns and entertainment so I, I don't think there's many issues there with who's with who. Another um, interesting Politico music story is the fact that President George W. Bush signed into law on Monday, October 13th, a controversial bill that would stiffen penalties for movie and music piracy at the federal level. And the law creates an intellectual property czar who will report directly to the president on how to better protect copyrights, both domestically and internationally. And the Justice Department had argued that the creation of the position would undermine its authority. Now, this is another thing. People, the average person, I don't want to sit here and be like, I know more than you because nobody likes to hear somebody go on and on like that. But the FCC... Uh, most people don't know is not an elected committee, right? They're appointed. The head of the SCC was appointed and anybody who's appointed by somebody usually has a bias. And I don't think any appointed official should have, and it's just not, it's any position like that. There should not be, a, they should not be appointed. It's the best way to put it. Right. It they should, should be elected. And governed it, by the people and so elected by the people. The FCC guy happens to be a right-wing fundamentalist that was put in by the Republican Party. Do you think he's going to allow anything that has to do that he doesn't agree with to go through? So as far as uh, there's been some stiff penalties on Howard Stern. There's been stiff penalties on anybody who I know like uh, Insane Clown Posse and a lot of bands right. haven't Slipknot. A lot of bands couldn't put their albums on shelves because of certain things. And, you know, I think it gets a little more carried away than just having a label to warn parents and kids, you know, that this that you shouldn't. Right. But this isn't about. Well, it's the same thing. There we're having another committee put into place. Oh, I, I see. With the an elected official. Going, I see the parallel. You're by drawing. the Republican Party. And I don't want to sit here and get all political on our music show, but it, it's yeah, something that's going to go. Segment. Well, what happens is, is the second you get into a another band, it, it starts uh giving away first amendment mm -hmm. you're you're giving away freedom of speech all of a sudden it, it it turns into they're looking into copyright on youtube and that's and i'll call it right now 
you see a copyright thing. It's all about internet, John. That, that's all about internet right there, and they want a copyright well, infringement. No, this, this isn't about copyright at all. This is about piracy. Piracy. Well, that's copyright. I mean, basically. Well, yeah, I guess so. It's yeah. the same thing. So it, it's all about the internet. It's all about the internet. Everybody's getting movies, music, everything on the internet. And, right. you know, most of us are against that. Most of us don't want people losing jobs from that. Most of us, but at the same time, most of us don't want to pay $150, $200 to go to a concert or 20 bucks to go to a movie. I don't want, that's a little exaggerated, but 12 bucks to go to a movie. So, you know, some people uh, will, you know, for a dollar or for free, take something off the internet and Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's kind of like a Robin Hood type thing. I think that you could do a whole show on people's opinions on that. I think it's uh, it's a very interesting thing because uh, most of us kind of feel like, hey, we're sticking it to the man right. when we get something free off the internet. At the same time, we turn around and go, oh man, you know, my brother, sister, cousin, or somebody could have lost a job in the music industry or the film industry when we do that. So you know, even the guy who sells the popcorn seed, you know, to the to the place loses money when you're not going to the movie. So mm. it, it's interesting, and I think the piracy thing's cool, but. It's not going to be looked into like you want it to be. Like you're Johnny Appleseed artist, and all of a sudden uh, they're coming. Out. It's going to be more, more like the the big guys, and they're going to be sticking their nose and stuff. I mean, oh, definitely. Yeah, that's that's what really scares me about this. A lot it's, of censorship. It's taking it from. See, there's all for years now. There's been a lot of privately uh, operated companies that surf the internet and the world in general and find these music and movie pirates and put them out of business. Now they're officially taking that privatized industry and turning it into a federal thing. They're creating a whole department to search out piracy. And who's paying for this? Well, I am. Us, yeah. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing. And and Don't we have more important things right now? I mean, we've got bailouts going on in the stock market. I mean, not to give... This is just... It's a whole other commission that's getting put in place, kind of like the... You know, when we had the federal uh, commission down there in in New Orleans, I mean, we get these appointed people that don't even know what they're doing. Right. So here you're going to have these uh, companies and and at least it's companies that are doing what they're doing. But to make these guys government and all of a sudden go out and try and police this stuff, it's kind of like looking for terrorists. All of a sudden that people who aren't really caught up in it all of a sudden are. And I think it's going to affect a lot of the way the Internet is and a lot of your privacy as well. I agree. And I, I, I'm all for policing certain things. And, um, you know, I don't like censorship to certain extents other than the warning. I have no problem with putting a warning on the front of an album. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with putting warnings on the when you watch a video warning you to copy the video. Nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with them persecuting people who sell, you know, you're riding on BART. Or you're riding on your local train and some guy's trying to sell you a DVD. That's and copy clearly them. a copy. But, it, you know, if I go spend 20 bucks to buy a DVD and I want to make a copy of it to back it up or I want to put it on my computer, I don't see any problem with that. And, I you know, either. even if I want to make a copy for one of my buddies, you still bought that and you still, you know, it's not like somebody's going and downloading it for free and selling it to people. And there's a big difference. And I think all of a sudden it's just going to cut down things um you know if it was done for the right reasons it would be good but i i don't think it's done for the right reasons in my opinion i'm really really wondering how effective this new department with this new piracy czar is gonna be well what happens is it's fines the only thing they can do are put fines and and basically shut you down so for instance i i hate to use them as an example but i just a lot of the things that have come up lately have been about like the satellite radio and when before howard stern went out of 
the radio business, there were a lot of fines placed on him. Oh, and major huge fines. fines. I mean, they sucked. And here at the same time, you had uh, Oprah talking about uh, vaginal stuff on, on live TV. Mm-hmm. You had, I mean, not that I want to get all into what's right and wrong on TV and this and that, but there were people talking about the same things on the air that he was. And, and in, in different contexts, and, and it's just, you know, certain people got picked on. If you, if the FCC wanted to do what they were supposed to do, everybody should have gotten enforced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, I remember the what was the nipple tassel incident with uh, Janet Jackson and this and that. You know, the FCC takes stances on the easy targets and all the other stuff. They're, they're nowhere to be found the rest of the time. It's a, it's a, I think that's an easy pay job. And. They pick on the easy targets. So, well, that's why I'm really wondering how effective this department is going to be because you know they're going to bust some people, and it's going to be the major, some major, major, major piracy things. rings that are easy to spot. You know, they can just go, oh, well, there's this major piracy ring in New York City that we know about because there's guys on every street corner selling these pirated DVDs. But there's thousands of people, quote unquote, pirating things all around the world, and how effective is this little department going to be in stopping it? That's I, what I'm like, getting at. I think it's going to, overall, it's going to really be a waste of money. Yeah, when you, you know? get an illegal CD, does it say, hey, made in San Francisco, uh, you know, and, and the FCC is going to bust open a door in downtown SF? And maybe, these things are all coming from China, Korea, you know, uh, countries yeah, that are a lot mass of producing these things, and businessmen are going over there bringing home a simple DVD with a couple movies on it and then mass printing them and selling them. And, right. and it's one of those things where you just, you can't, it's just like drugs. I mean, I think the whole, it's kind of, maybe this is a far-fetched analogy, John, but the government can't stop drugs coming into the country, man. They can't stop uh, the sale of drugs. How could you stop the sale of illegal music? I mean, it's the same thing. You're, you're stopping something that people can buy on a street corner, something that can people, people can buy on an internet. I think music's easier to get than drugs. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can get it it so many different places. I mean, you can sit with a tape recorder in front of your TV and record music from videos. So, you know, technically, people don't even have to buy music anymore. A lot of people can just download it off the Internet and do things. And, you know, I think the average music fan, most people who are fans of music aren't doing that. Mm -hmm. That's the interesting thing. There's a couple hackers out there that ruin it for everybody, but... It's uh, in a way, it's kind of a lot of it's a Robin Hood thing. You know, I, I think uh, people are really mixed on that. That that's a whole we could do a whole show on this, John. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> but I, I really, when the second anybody's, I don't like hearing any. You know, all we ever hear is less government from Republican parties. We don't want your taxes getting spent on more. You know, less government, less government, and all of a sudden, here's a committee that, like you say, are they going to put thousands of people on the ground in China rounding up illegal DVD sales? Are they going to? Well, they are saying that it's the, this uh, new department of the government is going to handle domestic and international piracy well let's see I mean, which is how are they going to govern international piracy in other countries which they have no governing power hey, let's in? See, you know, man. Like, you know what are they going to do let's see i mean uh, this is another thing here some gets put into place they really have no jurisdiction right they really they don't have officers it's, it's a couple people in an office that are going to look at things on the computer or look at films and they're going to most of it's going to you know how where they get it from people call them and tell them yeah, you know, people complain. You get the 
the uh, fundamentals that call. We don't like this video. I was and just all of a sudden, say, the people that always that's call a pirated video. And, that, and I hate to pick on them because that's not really fair. But well, it's not. I'm saying like the two extremes. You got can, it. You know, either way, left or right, the, you'll get the both f- the two extremes. Uh, those are the ones that call in and ruin it for everybody. And that's exactly right. So all of a sudden, we lose all the music either way because and and movies because everybody wants to shut it down. It's just another form of censorship in the long run. Right. So I think a lot of these committees, I. I just from a political standpoint, I just can't believe it because we're supposed to be spending less money and we're wasting. These are BS things. But from a musical standpoint, I don't see anybody. I'd like to hear it from a musician or a record company that says we really want that. It's going to protect us. You know, I, mm. I think. I think well, in I'm a sure, way, like, Lars and James would love it. Well, it's like paparazzi. Everybody hates the paparazzi, but when their picture is not in places, they're not making money, man. So. It's kind of a love-hate thing. I think all these people will complain and say they hate the internet and that they can't stand the fact that people illegally download their stuff. But if people are downloading your stuff illegally, They're it's selling legally it. as well. It's getting listened to, man, and people are going to go buy it. You know, let's say you're at somebody's house and they're playing illegally. You might go buy the album. So it gets it out there one way or another. And I think uh, I, I really... I think that's, you know, we could do a whole show on that, but I think that's a double-edged sword. I think it's just like paparazzi. Nobody likes them when you talk to them or interview them, but they love getting their picture taken. And nobody likes the internet or, or the downloading stuff, but they love the fact that their name gets out there. So, you know, let's let's see. This remains to be seen, what these government agencies, agencies actually do to protect artists. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I hate to take the viewpoint like that, but man, it's no, uh, that's a good one. No, I really, um, I, I'm pretty firm on that stuff because I don't like to see censorship of music, and I think uh, it's one of our forms of expression, whether it be political or you know feelings or emotional. Uh, you know, I don't want to see a five year old getting sold a you know rap album with. You know, not let's not pick on rap, but I'll say let's say a rock album with swearing and you know. Um, women screaming and stuff on it uh you know having sex and stuff like that that's that's not necessarily cool but if there's a warning label on that album and a parent buys that album and plays in front of their kid that's the parents not the record company so you know i I think as long as we put a sticker on the front of each of these albums and warn people it's up to us as a nation as parents as people to choose where we play our music and you know i think most most people understand that and I think we can kind of govern our own music. You know, I, I have two children and I won't play. I like rap. I like rock. I like stuff that swearing. I like some hardcore stuff, but I won't listen in front of my kids, you know? And, and I mean, it's, it's, that's just, I think, uh, most of us who are parents wouldn't do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you need a government to tell you that. Right. Um, during that whole rant, you mentioned, Janet Jackson's little boob slip and that kind of stuck in my mind because recently she's been missing a lot of tour dates Uh, apparently she's postponed or rescheduled more shows than she's actually performed yeah I I think she's had some illness issues that's what I've been hearing exhaustion um, is it you know (laughs) yes I heard it was exhaustion and Actually, last night I heard while I was at work um, that her tour is so hardcore as far as uh, the schedule. It's just relentless. Well, and she does a lot of like we were talking about last week, not to interrupt you. Sorry, man. No problem. But she does 
everything. She does talk shows. You see her, I mean, on talk shows every day. So every city she goes into, she does some sort of talk show, radio promotion. It's not just the show. That's what kills these artists. It's it's very hard. Right. But what I've been hearing, I heard, um, I was at Weezer last night, and I heard from some people there that some of the people on Janet Jackson's crew are starting to break down because the just the steady constant pace of the tour they just can't handle it and so people are speculating is it really Janet Jackson who's sick and I'm sure she might be I'm sure she's going to the hospital she must be but apparently the whole tour is breaking down they're like fuck well we've had enough sometimes people said unrealistic stuff but at the same time it's a commitment you know if you go get a job and you say I'm gonna work seven days a week 12 right. hours a day. You know what you're getting yourself into. And you commit into. to that, and all of a sudden, <laughs> three weeks into it, you're like, I'm sick, I'm exhausted. You should have known better, you know? And and Janet Jackson's been around long enough and done plenty of tours to know better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but... and no, I, I'll just, very true. I'll join the crowd with her I mean, on this one. We're getting old, Janet, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean if, this, if this story that I'm hearing is true, where this is just so brutal, this tour, that people are getting exhausted, then you're right. They've been around long enough. They should know better. Well, and roadies, I mean, you know how it goes, man. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm talking to a guy right now who works like four nights in a row for bands. From what? You start at 8 in the morning, you work till 4 in the morning sometimes? Like yeah. a 20-hour day? Yeah. Like four days in a row and then get a couple days of rest. So, I mean, you do that. And these guys, yeah, they'll do it every city. But at the same time, you're sleeping. You're usually in a bus of some sort. You're getting hotels. If you're choosing to go out to the bars every night and not get sleep, you know, or party all night, that's your choice. You Mm -hmm. know, you can't tell me that you can, the second you're done playing, these guys could be in bed by midnight every night, man. And I think a lot of them just choose to live the lifestyle they live. And I think, you know, I don't know what's going on with Janet Jackson. I mean, I've seen her, my wife's seen her in concert. I've never seen her, but I heard she puts on a wonderful show. It's very energetic. She's got a lot of dancing. So if she's playing every night, that would wear her down. But as a roadie, I mean, come on, you're setting up your act. You're doing your daily job. You're going to bed, you know? I right. Mean, yeah, I don't think it's... Yeah, I mean, it pissed me off. I was at work yesterday, like I said, and uh, I it was my fourth day on. And in four days, I got 12 hours of sleep. And the tour people come in exhausted. They're complaining how tired they are and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, what did you do yesterday? Like, how long did the show go on? Oh, no, we've had the last day or two off. See, that's the whole thing. I'm a, why are you because so exhausted? Because they've been out partying, right? Exactly. So it's just, I mean, I mean it's the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally know some, I mean, we know musicians who do it right. And they go out and they say, hey, you know what? I can't be, you know, smoking pot all night and drinking because I've got a voice I've got to go sing with. Right. And I think it's really uh, important for these guys. If you're selling a product, you've got to put your best product out there. And I love to go have a beer after a show. I mean, come on. There's nothing better than hanging out with bands and drinking. But right. you've got to draw the line somewhere where you can keep play, you can play the next show. I mean, that's where you make your money, too. So it's just like not showing up to work the next day. Exactly. You know, you, it's the same thing. You, you really have to, once you make the commitment to be a musician and you play your gigs, you have to play your gigs. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't care how high up you are, you don't play a gig that ruins you as a band. Right. I mean, like when Guns N' Roses, and I hate to pick on them, but they're famous for missing gigs. Uh, you know, when, well, I think when, it was more for kind of diva reasons. Well, as well, and that's the whole thing. You know, you you miss a gig, but everybody knows about it, and it gets out there, and it just ruins your image. You know, nobody's mm-hmm. gonna, people go, I'm not buying a ticket. That band doesn't show up, or 
you know, they come out drunk. I've seen several acts where guys are just so lit they could barely play. And, uh, you know, I just like, I, I went and saw Bad Brains, man. And one of my favorite bands of all time. I mean, I just love them because they incorporated, you know, punk rock, rock. I mean, just the fact that they're an all-black yeah, all band. I think it's really cool, man. I've always liked them. And I went and saw them. And, I, I, I mean, either HR's just going on this whole different scene or he was whacked out on something beyond belief, man. Uh, because he just was not in sync with the rest of the band who was really seemed to be sober and playing well. Mm -hmm. So... There's a lot, you know, I want to pay for a good product. And uh, I, I think the Janet Jackson thing, man, yeah, she's tired. Yeah, they're going city to city. But if you're going to commit to that tour and you're going to take those millions of dollars for that, you've got to be prepared to play those shows and you've got to do whatever it takes. So, um, you know, play less shows next tour. I hate to say it, but that's, that's you know, the, the, yeah, take it easy. Well, it's just, it just happened. Now, here's a guy I feel sorry for. And I don't know if we mentioned this in one of our previous shows, but the the uh, gentleman from Journey, I think I brought up the fact they found up uh, a guy, a Filipino gentleman on YouTube. Yeah, he did talk singing, about that. Uh, karaoke versions of uh, Don't Stop Believing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he does it so well that, I mean, he's very, the guy's actually very talented. He puts he on is. a great show. They put on a great show. And I know you got to see it, John. I, I had to miss that one. But they, um, really nice guy, puts on great shows. But after 70 tour dates, and over the span of a couple months this summer, he was done. You know, the poor guy didn't realize what he was getting into. I'll feel sorry for him because that's his first tour. All of a sudden, he's, he's right. singing and karaoke it, and bars. And his very first tour is with Journey doing yeah. 70 dates. Yeah, 70 dates with, with, with 10,000 minimum he, people he had a show. no idea. He was thinking that he was getting all starstruck there for a minute well, and realized that it's all work. Well, and the poor guy, I mean, people are going to bag on him because he came out in Rolling Stone recently and said that he, you know, They'll be like, God, this guy, anybody would love to be up there doing it. But, hey, you got to think about that. Would you want to really do that? Go out and play 70 dates over the span of, you know, 80-something days and be in different cities, hardly get any sleep, and have to go to press. It's not like you get to play a show and go home and sleep. you got to get up in the morning and sign things, have pictures taken, go to right. radio things. Well, I believe when we were Sound talking, checks. when you were telling me about this story about this guy, he was, say, he was saying that. He's like, I thought. It was going to be me up on stage singing these songs, but it's not. It's me waking up at 7 in the morning, going to rehearsal for a few hours, and then, you know, going to sound check, and then doing interviews, and it's just nonstop, and your day is long. Like, but these musicians don't wake up at that's noon. That's his first tour, so he learned his lesson. You think that guy's going to sign up to do it again next year? No. He's going to, second this tour's done, that guy's going to quit the band. Well, I, I I believe, this is what I've heard, because um, I was working the, the See, last I didn't even ask you show. about this, but I've got my opinion. I, I mean, person, before you tell me the official thing or what you've heard, I think he's going to quit the band after the tour personally, and they're going to go their ways, and, you know, but... That's just because of he doesn't want to either that or they're going to stay and do studio stuff and you know not do as many tour dates because yeah. he fits well with the band. I overheard that they're going to spread out their tour dates. There you go. And so they're just it's either going to be a longer tour next time or less dates. So that, and they're going to be able to go home and hang out for a few days in between shows. Well, that's how you're supposed to do it, man. Unless you're like you know you can't obviously come back to San Francisco when you're in uh, Japan, you know, but right. you can, but. It's. Uh, I think that's how they should have done yeah. it, and 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 that's cool that they learned from it and they stay together as a band, man. That that's cool because they really fit well together. And I I was envisioned this guy just being miserable and quitting after this. Right, right. And uh, you know you get the only thing I think he mentioned that if he got sick he was done, and uh, it happens, man. The worst thing that can happen to you on tour is you get sick, 
And, Definitely. Uh, you know, because you're not going to get better, man. You, you know, I mean, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, Whenever I get sick, yourself further and I'm further sick into until the I can sleep for two days straight or something, man. So you're, you're on a tour, you're not getting better. And uh, that I think Jan Jackson, all I was kind of comparing that with was basically he it's his first tour. He, he didn't know what he was getting into. Mm-hmm. She has done what? 25 years of tours man i mean come on she's been touring since she was a little kid yeah she, she should, should know, know what she's getting into so right. i don't have much sympathy i don't think anybody's crying for janet jackson and her you know walking closets of wardrobes and uh you know getting treated most she gets treated pretty well yeah let's just hope it's not something more serious well and it's interesting because uh, you can look on any like uh magazine or website, you know, for a lot of major things, like even even like People and Us, some of those tabloid magazines have it, for some of the lists or waivers, we, as we call them, that these bands ask for. And I know you working in the music industry, and I've seen a little bit of it myself, what some of these bands ask for is hilarious. You know, you get some bands that say, look, man, we want a case of beer, case of water and tubs, you know, case of soda, um, some snack tables, just, just the typical things that are offered. Most backstage places at a big venue will have like kind of like an op- a soda machine that's free type thing. Or you right. open it, you know, just like at a deli, but you can grab them and nobody's charging you. You know, they'll have cold waters in there just for all the band's families and everybody's actually back all the way backstage, not, not like the meet and greet, you know? Right. And then they'll have... Uh, Usually some sort of food. There'll be cookies or something, Usually apples, like a fruits. plate and a cheese plate. Yeah, you got plate, it, man. I mean, there's plate. there's just some venue plates that the venue provides as kind of a gift to the band. And every once in a while, if there's like a special thing, there'll be a cake that somebody sent them or something. Right. And, uh, that's typical. Well, some of these bands require when they show up, and this is always in movies, you know, you hear rumors and stuff. Right. But, the, but they the require certain water. M&Ms. Yeah, or you have to. I mean, those are the funny ones. Yeah, I must have a thousand uh, brown M&Ms or I won't play. Right. But, you know, a lot of these people require, like, I only have Avion water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I must have, um, you know, thinly sliced turkey. I must have, you know, and, and it gets a little carried away sometimes. It does. What the thing is, they're trying to make themselves feel like they're at home, and that's what they're used to. And Well, so. and what I'm getting at is most people think, okay, she's exhausted. She's been on tour. Janet Jackson's been on tour for, you know, months and months on end. Dude, she's getting up. She's singing for a couple hours and dancing. She's getting walked off stage. She's getting her feet rubbed. She's getting massaged, her back massaged. She's getting a facial. She's sitting in a hot tub at some suite that's, I mean, probably most of us have never even seen in a hotel. And, uh, you know, usually getting fed, I mean, fed grapes probably by a staff of people, poured the best crystal. I mean, you're living the lab, eating lobster tails, and then getting up in the morning, getting fed. I mean, you don't have to do anything. You know, that that's what I, I don't understand people complain. It's different when you're an independent band man and you got to do your laundry on tour or you're wearing dirty underwear every show. You've got to get your own food. You've got to set up your own stuff. You know, it, it's a big difference, man. I don't have much mercy for her because it's. I'm sorry to go on my, another rant about this, John, but it's like, come on, man. I'd love to have Janet Jackson's job. I'd do whatever it took to get up there every time just to have all the things she has man that's another person it's just it's like way i'm a rock star you know better be careful what you wish for man you might get what that journey guy got yeah you never know you never <laughs> know man I, I don't do the best journey songs but <laughs> my voice isn't quite that high well um 
it's been a little bit now. Uh, I think we should play a song for the folks. Yeah, what, we, uh, didn't, we didn't get to do that last time. And why don't we talk about the artists we're going to play? Are we going to play a music sumo a recast artist here? Yeah, we'll play a music sumo artist, Mo Phillips. Oh yeah, you great like that one. Great artist. In fact, Mo, um, I don't, you know, I've never met the guy. Uh, I know John knows him, but I got to. It's kind of something I can review a little bit because I got familiar with him from John. I actually uh, really like his album. Guy uh, sings with a lot of soul in his voice. Uh, great kind of folky music. Uh, I think a lot of people would like to sit out, you know, and enjoy this music on a on a nice day. Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily drive to it, man, because it's kind of very relaxing mm-hmm. music. But uh, I really like Mo. I, he's from, is it Australia? Or um, I think he's living he, in Australia, but he's from... Well, actually, he was living in Portland initially, and uh, that's when he recorded this album. And then he moved to Australia for a couple years, and just this year, he's moved back to Portland. So you can now... And he started a new band, so you can see him up in Portland, oh, Oregon. Yeah, people Mo really Phillips. enjoy him. I'd like to see him live. We'll have to see if he comes through or if Definitely. I'm up in that area off to catch him. But Well, hopefully, we'll be heading north, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, and we've got another we artist. Him up there. Well, during our upcoming shows here, coming up after this song, we can uh, talk about another one of our artists. But yeah, that that's... Uh, let's see. Uh, what, what do you have for him here? The The, the Banks? This is, I think, it's The Boat. The Boat. That's right. By Mo Phillips. All right, The Boat. Here it goes. Look at the dark 
Jesus that's part of this sordid path. Ask William Don't you feel like singing? Well, don't be so angry. Just hold hands. Just hold hands. Just hold. that was mo phillips the boat off of his titled album the boat nice (laughs) yeah wasn't it good yeah no i like mo phillips i think that's good relaxing music and we forgot to let the people know the um the starting song at the beginning was searching for something by singer songwriter michelle lewis from boston massachusetts yeah she was the one that opened up the show right yes she good music good solo artist as well very talented artist that tours a lot um is constantly touring actually all up and down the east coast and gets out here to the west coast about twice a year usually in the summertime once and then usually around thanksgiving she's out here in the west coast so keep your eye out for michelle lewis now she still play with i think she was playing with a big band of some form of like a orchestra or did she do something with a big band i, I remember you talking about her a while her, back, john her album Searching for Something, which we just played the title track of, uh, she has a bunch of studio musicians on the recording. So it's with a full band. And But when she travels and plays on tour, she's usually just by herself. Oh, cool. Uh, with acoustic guitar. And sometimes she travels with a cello player to accompany. Oh, that's neat. So really nice, relaxing, sure. chill music. It's really sure. cool stuff. So... Check it out, musicsumo.com, Michelle Lewis. And what else do we have? we have any more news, John, before we go into uh, any show reviews or upcoming shows? Upcoming we, albums, all that good stuff? Yeah, let's see what we can come up with here. What else? We talked about Guns N' Roses' uh, Chinese Democracy coming out in November. Well, they actually set a date finally, and it's November 23rd it will be coming out. Yeah, we talked about that last show, and uh, I think, you know, like I was saying, they got to get that thing out quick, man, or it's going to be leaked, and most people won't pay for it. So it's one of those piracy issues where, you know, the second it gets recorded and they're giving it out to promotional uh, facilities, you know, to get their album and name out there, it gets spread real quick. You know, most uh, people have seen these things, so uh, I know they already have put one song from the record uh, or from the album on a movie soundtrack. They've also put several other songs out for various other reasons. So I don't think there's too much new news on that. 
You know, it would have been neater if they kept it contained and had like a surprise. Re- I think it would have been more of a mystery if they kept that album pretty well contained. Maybe released one song to tease people that was a good song and mm-hmm. then sold the album. Uh, like most bands do. I mean, it's kind of the, the approach here, I think, is trying to get people to buy something they already have, which is kind of interesting. Very. So I know there's a couple other new albums, and uh, I, I've checked out uh, Chrissy Hine and uh, The Pretenders put out a new album. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and you know what? She's got the original drummer. I don't think uh, anybody else in the band is original. I might be wrong on that, but uh, it, it's pretty good, you know, typical stuff for her. She, um, you know, she's from Ohio, Akron, Ohio, I believe. And, uh, you know, she pays a lot of homage to it on that on the album and mm-hmm. uh, good rock and roll. You know, you always pretenders. I don't think you're going to get you're going to if you're a pretenders fan, and you buy a pretenders record. You're going to like it. You, you know, know what you're going to get. Exactly. It's just like if you're a Sheryl Crow fan and you buy a Sheryl Crow record, you're going to like it. I don't think you're going to run out and buy the record, you know, so it's. Well, that's very interesting because you were just taught. We were just talking before the show about Scott Weiland coming out with a solo album that. He's actually coming out and saying that a lot of his fans probably won't like because it's not STP at all. No, it, you know, why Why would you do that? Not not why would you record an album of a different taste? Hey, no problem. I mean, guys, Chris Cornell just did that. We talked about that last week, how right. he did this hip-hop. With Timbaland. With Timbaland. I mean, hey, you're doing a different album, but don't come out before you have. I didn't hear Chris Cornell come out and say, my fans won't like it. Right. I mean, you think you'd hope that some of your fans would cross over and like that as well as your regular music. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what I don't like is let's say he got back with Stone Temple Pilots and then made the whole band change their music style to record a new album of right. his taste that the fans would hate. Like you get with a lot of these bands. I wouldn't like that. You know, go off on your own and do it. That's fine. I mean, you see tons, tons of punk and independent artists go off and record Everything from, you know, uh, Perry Grip from Nerf Herder does commercials, little commercial jingles on the side. But you don't see him putting them on the Nerf Herder albums. Nobody wants to hear it, you mm-hmm. know, when they buy a Nerf Herder album. If mm-hmm. you like his stuff, you go buy his stuff. So I think they just need to keep it separate. That's all. You right. Know? I mean, I think he did the... He, He's saying the smart thing, and he's doing it for himself. He's done the big commercial thing with STP. He's made it big. He knows what that's all about, and he now wants to do something more artistic just for himself. Sure. Well, in hindsight, I guess, hey, he's warning people. I mean, I guess that's fair enough, right? Right. You know, don't buy this this album thinking you're going to get in a Stone Temple Pilots album. Right. And he's saying it's not all rock. I think it's going to be cross-genre type stuff. He's going to have, like, a country song on there and a But if you're a Scott Weiland fan, you're going to go buy that anyway, I think. And you don't really need, I mean, or at least check it out. And I don't think you really need to try and kill anybody off. I mean, personally, I think that's a bad business maneuver. But in a way, you know, he is warning people that of what the album's going to be. But I think basically what I'm saying is Johnny should have had a better approach. Hey, yeah, you I know, agree. don't expect a Stone Temple Pil- uh, Pilots file. This is more my own music. More, you know, that that's all. Right. More something coming from my heart or something. You know, better better approach to so trying to sell an album. You're probably not going to like this if you like STP. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and those of us who like STP go, oh, shoot, I'm not buying that album, man. Forget it, dude. Right. He told me not <laughs> He's to. He's doing Oprah soundtrack or something, you know. I mean, I, you know, the Color Purple 2 or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, dude. You know, uh, come to mention that it's funny. Uh, I was... Recently, I was at Disneyland, and um, I think we mentioned that last show. And yeah. I saw a, a new soundtrack came out, and it's the mo- uh, movie A Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of bands did like re-recorded the soundtrack, and it's kind oh, of a, cool. you know it's kind of got a big cult following. I noticed a lot of oh, people yeah. were really big into time. Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, it was kind of neat to see the bands 
Uh, and it's kind of, a, I think, a good thing with Halloween coming up in a couple of weeks. That would be a good recommendation from me for people who want to have something a little different mm-hmm. to put on for their Halloween parties or, you know, to put on in the background on Halloween or something. It's kind of cool. It's got some major, major acts on it as well as some unknown acts. I know Devochka opens up the album, which is kind of a circusy uh, band, kind of a really interesting band. But uh, there's there's a bunch of bands on that um, soundtrack as well as the original Danny Elfman who did the original soundtrack. So. I think uh, it's something for everybody. It's kind of neat. And if you have kids and you like that movie, it's kind of cool, too. So you can play it in the car and stuff. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And uh, other new albums, you know, I actually I can do a little review. Rise Against put out a new album. And uh, How is it? You know, I like it. It's actually really good. Uh, these guys seem to stick to a really pure form of uh, kind of aggression-fueled punk rock, rock and roll. Um, they do it right with letting it cross over to the mainstream, yet they still keep their, they, they, these guys have a direction, you know, they, they have a a very set opinion. Um, I bought the, actually bought the album and, uh, it came with a sticker, uh, like, um, a PETA sticker to support veganism. You know, it says meat's not green on it. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of uh, artists don't do that. They want to kind of anybody to buy. They're not going to take an opinionated side, opinionated side either way. Because they want to sell their albums. And I think it's kind of cool for these guys to take a stance. I'm not a vegan or anything, but I think it's it's cool that they take a stance on, on what they sing about and they back it up in their actions. So good band, excellent band live from everybody I've heard. I'm getting ready to go see them in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, they're really good live. I, I am really looking forward to that. I've never got a chance energy. to see them. But uh, um, I don't know how Tim, uh, the lead singer, screams that long. I just don't know how he's going to do it live, and I really want to see that. But mm-hmm. the guys are... They really, uh, you know, go get this album. Good album. I think you you won't go wrong if you're a fan of theirs already. If you're not a fan, it's a good album to get into them on because it's not as hard as their original albums. And don't get me wrong. It's hard, but uh, I don't want to sell them short. But it's more of a mainstream album, I should say. I was just going to say it's a little bit. I, this is what I've heard because I haven't heard the album. But I hear it's a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more commercial. And I am thinking. With the same undertones. You they know. are in the. This album is kind of going to launch them into the mainstream a little bit, and their next album is going to be huge. I think they're going to be the next kind of like My Chemical Romance type. Uh, I like agree. The big crossover that used to I be a little totally band, agree. and then all of a sudden everybody likes them. Because well, I, I saw it already. Everywhere now. I got the new guitar, the Guitar Hero 3, the last one that was out. And as one of the extra songs, or, or as one of the songs on it, I, you could do the Rise Against song, uh, Prayer for the Refugee. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool, man, because here's a band I like, a punk band that, you know, shoot, nobody, everybody I tell about, nobody's heard of them. Right. Other than, you know, they get some, like, uh, re- local radio play and, you know, college radio play. Yeah, I'm hearing more and more about them, so I think really cool. explode here. Great band, soon. great, uh, you know, their album, they really back up. These guys, they're, they're kind of like punk rock hippies. I hate to call a <laughs> punk rocker a hippie because I don't want to offend them in that way, but... Uh, basically, the album's printed with vegetable oil ink. Uh, very, you know, uh, it's 100% recyclable album cover and everything. So it's, it's cool. You want to see these things from these artists. People who, you know, they, they don't just say they care. They back it up with actions. And these guys, you know, from what I've heard, they're really true. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them live. And the new album's good. Um, I had a buddy who bought the album. I didn't get it, so I'm kind of jealous. But he got a rare, I guess they give you like a special 7-inch record with the uh, CD if you buy it in certain places. So Wow, that'd I, be cool. Hey, that's cool, man. And it's like For it's got a... who still collect vinyl. Well, it's got awesome. a black flag cover on one side, and I'm not sure it's another... It's a B-side on the other side, one of mm-hmm. their unreleased. 
So Rise Against anyway, not to go forever on. Good band, man. Check them out. Right on. And uh, let's see, other new albums? Yeah, um, uh, Black Ice, ACDC's album you, we were mentioning last. You know, and show. I can't bag on it because you don't go get an ACDC album and go, man, it's going to be new, refreshing stuff, well, and every song's going to be different. You know what I mean? They're not going to play ready to covers. bag on this then. Uh, we are talking about exclusive uh, distribution deals. Black Ice released Oct- is going to be released October 20th exclusively through Walmart. And you won't be able to get any downloadable content from iTunes, uh, MySpace, Rhapsody, Amazon. You will only be able to get the album through Walmart. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like that. That's... Uh... You know, just like we talked about, it's nothing I have I, personally against Walmart. I mean, hey, everybody can shop where they want. I'm not going to sit here and tell you don't go shop at Walmart for whatever reasons. Personally, mm-hmm. I don't like Walmart. But I'm not going to sit here and be biased and say don't go there for because I don't like them. What I don't like is that you're being limited to one place, man. I mean, isn't that censorship in a way? Like you have to go somewhere to get something. And then that place can char- charge whatever they want, basically. Because that's the only place you can get it. Exactly. And and it just, people want choices in this day and age. And I think uh, most of us who want choices don't like that. And I, I think you, you should have the option to buy it where you want. If Walmart gets a deal from ACDC, and you know what would be cool is Walmart gets to sell it a week earlier than everybody else. That way, if you want to get the album, you know, a week early, you go buy it exclusively at Walmart. So that's a great idea. And then after a week or maybe three days or something or the first day, you know, do an early release, midnight Walmart release, new ACDC album, get it only here. And then, you know, three days later, you can get it everywhere else. Like they release most music and movies, new releases come out on Tuesdays. Correct. So you release it on Walmart on Tuesday. The following Tuesday, it's available everywhere else you know, on the next release date. That's a great idea. That way you have the option as a fan. Okay, well, I'm a, I, I want to go get it right away and hear it. So I'm going to race down to Walmart and get it. You have that option. Or I can sit back and wait one week and buy it wherever I want on the internet. I think the bank could still make money off Walmart. They'd be willing to pay them some money, not all the money that they're getting now. And the band, you know, the Walmart would make tons of money because they'd be able to sell it to the early people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would really hurt anybody else because once it goes to the mainstream, people are still going to buy it from everybody else too. You know, it's just people buy the album period and the ACDC album is going to sell no matter who sells it. So I, I really don't like the idea of limiting it to one thing because they could have personally, I think, you know, that it was a dumb business maneuver for them. And, I'm, and here I'm talking, each of them probably got 20 million for it or something, but <laughs> You know, at the same time, you probably could have made that much and put it out there everywhere else for everybody. And, right. uh, you know, I just, hey, there, there isn't a Walmart everywhere and you're going to have to go in there and get it. So, and I don't know if Walmart does things online. I don't know that. Maybe you can well, get it online. Well, that's the other thing. I don't know if they're going through Walmart online, but they're saying they're not going to do any digital things. They're saying a quote from Brian Johnson, their singer, says, maybe I'm just being old-fashioned, but this iTunes, God bless them, it's going to kill music if they're not careful, and they don't want to be involved. Well, you know what? In a way, I mean, I'm going to be fair here again. In a way, not being a musician, but being a fan of music overall, I think the Internet's killed music, uh, the music industry, period. I mean, you know, as far as it hasn't killed them. But it's revolutionized the music industry. It's totally changed it. You know, yeah. these band, you know, all these guys are gonna say, Well, we're losing money on record sales and C D sales, but you're making it up on internet sales. So as long as these bands change their companies and move with technology to make it available for people online, you'll make the money. 
And, you know, if you don't go with modern things and you don't modernize, it's just the way the world works. You know, we, we came up, people used to crank start their cars every morning, John, until they came up with an electric starter for them. And I don't see anybody still crank starting their car. You know, it's kind of, I mean, unless you're crazy you know, but, <laughs> or you really want to work out. But it's just, it, it's one of these things where you, you've got, things change. And right. I think the way of the future, unfortunately, you know, and I don't necessarily like it. I'd love to still be going down and buying records, man. I love old records, personally. I'm a big fan of them. Which are making a comeback, and by the way. Which is cool. Let us have, you know, our little record shops and let it be a cult thing. That's cool. But I think that uh, it's the way of the future. You're going to pretty soon, you're not going to have, I mean, record stores are dying off and you're seeing the shelves get smaller and smaller. At Best Buy, everywhere you go, you're seeing them. They're losing an aisle a year, man. Literally, probably an aisle a year, no matter where you go of music. And I think uh, after a while, it's just going to be internet for everything. Internet movies, internet, you know, it's going to, it also yep. saves packaging. You know, you get it cheaper. The fact is you, you get it cheaper because you're not actually buying the package. Some people like to have that. That's the versus side of that. Yeah, see, I'm one of those people that go out and buy the album i know you are we talked about this before yeah if i like a band i still buy the darn album because i love to read the jacket i love to have that on my shelf i love it too man and, and and it's in a way you're supporting that band to the best way you could support them you're buying the album you're keeping it mm -hmm. you're showing it to people it's like a table piece or when you have people come over or, you know you have it in a way that's advertisement for a band and you know you're you're keeping a representation of that band right um We've talked about this before. I tend to use a lot of insurance policies at record stores, and I tend to buy albums because I like to be able to check out tons of different music, and I'll buy them. Not that you don't. And I'll buy them, and I'll check them out, and then take them back. But I also tend to buy the albums. You know, I keep a collection. The, album, the bands I like, I'll keep them. So I agree with you there, man, and it's neat to have on the shelf. So right. it's the same thing. If you're going to buy, like, what I would like to see is some of these Internet companies make it so... For a dollar more, they'll send you the CD cover, you know? I mean, or, I mean, I don't understand. You know, some of them make it like a printable version. And like right. I know on I, iTunes. I believe, I, I want to say that I have not come across albums. some independent music stores where you can download, like, the booklet and stuff. But it's still not the same. You no, know? it it's, isn't. You don't it's, have, the, it's not published. You've got to make the package. I agree. I agree. It's, it's not the greatest thing. Well, I, hey, you know, why not? Some of these companies, I think, with the modern technology i mean i think they could buy covers when they buy the you know thing and you could buy the cover if you want i, I think it would i mean that's not that far-fetched here's an idea on the iphone you can use your finger and swipe through album covers sure on your ipod or your iphone sure which is awesome by the way yeah <laughs> we'll give apple a free plug here i got an iphone recently and john already had one but i got one and man great phone you're loving it oh i'm having fun but uh how about this for an idea apple starts releasing whole jackets from albums that you can flip through like a book and actually read each page and you can read the lyrics they should and stuff. do that no they should do that and, that would and, be cool and you know what i thought they did that before i bought like an ipod originally when they you know my first i had uh, i think a 30 gig before this one right yeah i had a 30 yeah. gig and uh my my 30 gig ipod when i first bought it i thought when you downloaded the album covers it was actually the whole album so like you had the lyrics in there and, right. the, and with the artist names and stuff so it was interesting to see that it was just the covers and i think that that it's you know if anybody out there from Apple ever hears this or they they're probably already thinking about it, that's another great way for them to corner the market on more stuff. Put oh, the whole definitely. album, be the first one to put the whole album cover up there with every lyric, everything the band would sell to you there, as well as you know they started doing bonus tracks. That's the other thing I noticed 
A lot of times, like albums, the bonus tracks on CDs. Well, here, here's the going. Like the last Alkaline Trio album. Mm-hmm. If you went and you bought the last Alkaline Trio album, the new deluxe version in the store, it was nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Because they give you a whole extra disc of bonus stuff. Well, for nineteen ninety nine, I don't necessarily want. The, I mean, I'd rather get just a straight album for nine ninety nine, John. You know, I don't necessarily want all the extra stuff for nineteen ninety nine. Uh huh. So you know, when you get on iTunes, you can buy the tracks you want. And you don't have to buy all that bonus stuff. And they also made that whole uh, bonus thing available for like twelve ninety nine because they don't have to sell a whole extra huge package, right? With two discs, so you know, for seven bucks difference, I thought about that. How much do I like this band to just download it and be able to listen to the same album, or to actually buy the album? So it's it's interesting. And from my standpoint, I like to be able to, you know, I still call. It you know, call myself a music expert or music <laughs> critic because I listen to pretty much everything. I mean, right. I really do. I give everything a chance and I, I, I try and be very open to music and check out all new albums. And I read a lot about up- upcoming stuff, but, you know, it's always good to hear things. And what I don't like is to hear one song on the radio by a band. When you judge a band by one song, especially their radio release, half the time you're not even hearing what that band intended to ever sound like. So, right. That's my problem with a lot of this stuff is you're only getting like the top songs. What you're hearing is that one song that they specifically wrote to get on the radio. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's one cool thing about a lot of these, you know, when you buy an album, you're getting that whole album. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you go on iTunes, I find myself skimming through the album and going, dude, why should I buy the whole album for 12 bucks when I can get the three or four songs I like for three or four bucks? And all of us do that. That's a thing I read uh, quite a while ago, like a year ago, of one of the reasons why the the music industry is dying is back in the day, Led Zeppelin, uh, Santana, all these great people in the past, they put out whole albums that were great. Exactly. Now you get an album that has one or two good songs that's and the what's rest made you the don't want to so listen successful. to. Well, and that's what's and, made it so successful, John. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can buy that song that you want, and but that's the other reason why the industry was dying there for a while because no one wants to pay $15, 12 to $15 for... We still don't. ...for one song that you want when and they're forcing you to buy this whole album of crap. Well, and we still don't. And, and you're forced to pay for packaging that you don't necessarily want. Like the last Metallica album, for instance, price wasn't too bad. It was like ten or eleven bucks, mm-hmm. so you can't really complain about that. That's pretty. If good you bought for it like the first week it came out, yeah, I mean it's probably fifteen ninety nine now, but you know most albums are cheaper when you buy in the first week. But on its initial release, it wasn't that bad priced. But they gave you a pretty good package. You know, the cover was really neat the way the cutout, right? And uh, had all the lyrics. I like it when bands give you a killer package like that. But if they were charging me nineteen ninety nine for it. I wouldn't want it. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is if you're going to make a nice package, pick it up a little bit on your end because an artist, it's more for you. A lot of that stuff has hidden meaning. We don't even know what what the hell your cover means half the time. Right. Well, that's an interesting thing. Where is that price cutoff point then? Well, you know, bands have budgets. And I mean, we... how, how, How cool does an album have to be to be able to justify $20? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you get one bonus track, do you want to play, pay a couple more bucks? And, and like lately, I've seen a lot of bands putting out because they don't want to put a shitty album. Like, I don't want to pick on Lagwagon, but their last, I really, we're both big longtime fans of Lagwagon. Right. Their last album they just put out, and I don't think it's the intention of being a full album either. It's an EP. It's an EP. And it's seven songs, but I paid nine ninety nine for it. Mm-hmm. And... 
It's one of those things where I'm a big fan of the band, so I bought it for $9.99 and I kept it. Right. I bought it specifically just to have on my shelf. Exactly, with my other collection. But I'm a little opposed to that because I could have bought it for 7 bucks on... Uh, they should have given me a little bit better deal for an EP. I've always thought oh, EPs... Especially at the show. Well, I always thought EPs, 5 to 7 bucks, full albums, 10 to 15 bucks. You know, depending on what product you... You know, if you give me a... A 12-song album with a single-sleeve pullout, don't be charging me 15 bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. If it's a you know an open-up you know port album that folds out to 10 pages of lyrics and stuff and a beautiful CD and you get a free download or something, that, you know, people pay 15 bucks. It's all in the package, John. You know, I don't right. think people mind for paying for a good product. You know, it's like people go, oh, your iPhone costs 199 bucks, but man, I got a great package of a deal. You know, uh, you know, it's it's all about what you want as a product. People don't like getting ripped off, and people like choices. So, I think you should be able to buy an album wherever you want, and you, you know, you you should choose whether you want that album or not, and how you want it. So, I mean, what I don't like though is you know a record company telling a band how to make it, how to sell it either. So at the same time, let the band design the album how they want. But I think uh, to be honest with you, I don't know how much the bands have to set the do with setting the price. I know if you're an independent artist and you record your album and you buy it and you sell the CDs, you're setting the price whatever you want at your shows. But if you're on a label and they forked out all the money to make that album, I think they might be setting that price for you, man. Well, how about this for some packaging? Uh, there's a new idea coming out called Slot Music where... Uh, hey, no porno talk, man. Hey, I thought hey, this was no, like a family... Not, not slut music. <laughs> slot... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I just got that one. All right. So it's slot music. Yeah, we're going to Vegas for slots too. <laughs> and uh, they're now considering the, the four major labels, Best Buy and Walmart, are saying that they think consumers will start purchasing, you know, SanDisk, the SD flashcards. They're now considering foregoing CDs and putting albums on the little flash cards. Those things are pretty cheap. And that's why I was saying bands are selling those flash things at shows, you know, already mm -hmm. with their, you know, because they can sit and mass produce the things. Right. And then sell them for 25 bucks a piece of the show or and something. And they take up very little space. They can fit more in the stores and everything. You know, it's going to be, people and will do so that. This is very interesting. Like, you can't play it on CD players, though. So well, it's, it's going to kill the CD hey, player. you know what? Here's the next thing. How popular are CD players now? I'd, I'd be interested to see how that, much the sale of CD players, even in cars, has dropped off. That's a Since good... the invention of the iPod and the MP3 player. Not just iPod, but MP3 players in general in the next past, let's say, three years. That's something I really haven't thought about. And I'd be interested. That's and, something and the we death can... of the CD player. I mean, we had the death of the tape deck, and now we well, got the CD like, player. like, I have a truck that has a tape deck CD player in it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The tape deck, I got one of those adapter things, and I plug my iPod into it. Now my iPhone into it, and I listen to tunes through it. Because you got that whole library there. And it makes it, it's cool because, you know, I, I listen to CDs now and then too, but you have the option. I, I very rarely, I don't play tapes anymore. I mean, that's one right. thing I shelved a while ago, man. But yeah, I got boxes of tapes, but well, I can't any, get rid of them. Well, any new car you've bought in the last two years, like if you know anybody who's got a new car, it comes with the place to plug into your, uh, you just plug your iPod right into it. Right. Plug your MP3 player of any form right into it. Even a Walkman, you just get a little jumper cord that goes out of your headphones into that. 
you know, headphone to headphone or whatever, and you're playing music. Yeah, so, it really does make the CD player obsolete. And I'm wondering now that you mentioned it, what is the the drop? You know, that's that's what's happening. Sales. Is even like when I buy CDs now, I'm bringing the CD home, I'm putting it on my iPod, I'm putting the CD on the shelf, and half the time I'm listening to my iPod or on my computer or whatever. I'm not even really listening to that actual CD. Well, this this new uh, technology or packaging, as it were, the slot music could very well kill the CD, and. Well, you know, talking about albums and having the jacket and reading the thing, are they going to make the album jackets like one inch by one inch now? Or like, how is the package? If they're trying to cut down on packaging, um, they're going to do it this, like iTunes, John. You know, you'll plug that flash drive. It'll be basically like a PDF file of the jacket. Well, maybe they'll have a print out. Well, in the store, when you go into a store, they'll have like a, you know, some sort of poster of that artist you know selling it like let's say gwen stefani puts out a new album you have the big gwen stefani sign hey new album there'll be a bunch of little flashes underneath it lined up and it'll be like some symbol of the band like her head or her little symbol you know whatever and it'll be that little symbol and then you take it home and you'll plug that flash drive in boom you've got an album cover that comes up you'll be able to go through select your songs right off that album cover that in essence is pretty cool you know but at the same time you don't have that package, that CD that we're used to. And I don't have that physical thing. Well, and, and here's that's the thing. what I love. How, that's how our parents felt with records, man. All of a sudden, they're like, now they want us to hold this little CD that's 4x4 four four or 5x5 five five or whatever right. compared to our big 12x12s, and it tripped them out. And they're going, it really, you know, the space difference isn't that big a deal, and it, and, and that was a big difference. And, and to be honest, some of us think the sound on records is better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's very interesting, John. I think we, we could go to the next thing I was going to say is uh, we went into a little bit about the Metall- new Metallic album on our first show. And I just read an article in Rolling Stone uh, this week about how fans are complaining about the sound on it. And I believe when I came over here, the day I bought the album and I brought it over and kind of previewed you and your roommate Dom to it. Uh, I told you the first thing I complained about was how when I turned it up loud in my car, it sounded shitty. Yeah, you're like, I can't hear anything. It's all muddled, distorted, disgusting. And I thought, you know, I was like, well, maybe you're listening to a bad Or I'm old and, and I can't hear it. <laughs> you encode, because I think you had it, uh, you put it on your iPod or something. And I was like, True. I was like, well, maybe he encoded it at a low bit rate or something. And, no, but I went home and yeah. I listened on the CD and I no, cranked I've, it up. I listened to the CD home now, stereo. and it gets crunchy if you turn it up. It's terrible. Well, and they ruin the drums, John. And uh, I really think with a uh, you know the compression, it happens without getting too technical for everybody here. It happens on the usually on the drum end, and uh, I just I've heard a lot of complaining about it. And do you? The question is, do you need an album that loud? I mean, I think. Most well, albums I have, if I want to hear it loud, I can turn it up loud, right? Right. Well, the thing they did, they you know, they wanted it all in your face. It was very Rick Rubin. He wanted it there. Hey, did and he do the last Chili Peppers album? I wanted to ask you that because I, I just, I happened to have that one on a Stadium Arcadium recently. It's a, or no, I'm sorry, Californication mm-hmm. a couple albums ago. I want to say Rick Rubin did that too. I'm not sure if he and did or not. it's the same thing. It's very loud and scratchy when you turn it up. Yeah. And so what they, what they did, what he's been doing is really compressing the drums and everything and then boosting the levels and getting it right in your face and it's just it's all mixing together wrong you know it's crunchy yeah I, it's hard man I, I think a lot of these he's going for a sound and I like the idea to put it in your face be metal but don't compromise the music and, and I think he is a you know it's metal but it's not it's not uh, Metallica Garage Days right you don't want that sound. Right, I mean, right, right. I mean, they could have put out with this band, 
And this album, it's not that bad, but it just takes away from it. It really does. And we already kind of talked, you know, fun game to play is listen to the new Metallica album and try and compare it to basically if you're a Metallica fan and you know their old music, every single Metallica album, you could find an old song that the parts, the jams in the middle sound just like it. So it's kind of interesting. It's funny. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I do like that they stuck with their sound and it's, you know, I'm not going to say I bought the album. You know, I, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go see him in concert, but I, I know a lot of people are going. And uh, I, I think, you know, they're not suffering from it, but I just think it's like they're going to get a general consensus from their fans and people who buy the album that it doesn't sound good. Okay. So <laughs> the silent pause there, man. Did I offend you? No, not at all. Were you texting Hetfield when I did that, man? I was letting him know that you're bashing his album. No, nah, and you know what? To be honest, I won't blame... Headfield or the band. I don't think they had anything to do it. I think they, you know, they got Rick Rubin sitting there. I saw pictures of the recording sessions and he, I mean, he's sitting there on the couch with his arms spread out with his head down, listening and everything. And he's got the final say on that, man. Yeah. I mean, I know the band should, but I, I'm telling you when he takes over an album. Oh, people listen to Rick, man. You, yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, he's so. rightfully so. The guy's put out awesome, awesome albums, but he's notorious for turning them up way loud and i think when it comes to compressing music it's a mistake yeah and I hey think, rick turn it down just a little bit man they're yeah, still I great albums. he overdid it with this last one yeah that's that's it on that um otherwise uh new albums let's see who else do we have uh i've got one for we might as well throw another band in here that I actually it's kind of funny because it's a band that i used to like kind of like you know loud like death metal and heavy metal stuff a lot when i was younger Mm-hmm. kind of before I was into punk and stuff and I kind of lost it but I was in uh, Rasputin Records the other day and one of the you know how you get when you're working in a record store they each get to play music that they want to play for so long right. as long as it's not offensive well somebody was playing this metal band and it just it the it was really melodic and I had to go ask them what it was and it's this band called Amana Marth and they're a metal band from Sweden and they're kind of like Viking dudes. They're all like these big dudes with long blonde hair and they wear like leather stuff and the singer kind of looks like They look like, like Man of War kind of. Um, yeah, but they don't do like the dress up back. They have more of a stage presence. I kind of checked them out a little bit because uh, I was interested just because the music, it was pretty good metal. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear it and, and the guy, yeah, he does the, you know, which a lot of people throws them off, but. The music's damn good, and the guitars are good, and every song's a little different on the album, and you can hear all kinds of old metal in it. So, I kind of liked it at the record store, and I got I checked these guys out, and they have like a a big Viking um, ship, mm-hmm. like the head of a ship is their stage setup, and they've got a big European following. And anyway, I ended up checking out their album, their new album, and uh, it's good metal. You know, if you if you like heavy metal and you're a fan of like uh, old, you know, like Death or uh, you know, Slayer bands like that, mm-hmm. you probably like them a lot. And I know all, I don't even have to mention all the young, you know, the, the kids that work at Hot Topic and things like that all know this album. I mean, it's it's very popular. I want to say they have some songs about Lord of the Rings and stuff on there, too. Some of the names were, you know, they, they sounded like, you know, things from that. But um, I, I'm not too familiar with it, but good album. So it's like kind of fantasy metal? Yeah, kind of fantasy metal in a way. And like Viking fantasy metal. That's what you'd call it, I guess. But it wasn't like over the edge, like insane clown posse type thing. You know, right, these guys right. aren't all makeup or, you know, cotton mouth kings. They stand by their metal. They're good musicians. Um, they have, when you buy the album, it comes with a, uh, the album was like twelve ninety nine. This is another thing a lot of artists do, which I like and I think it's really cool um, for to you know if you're true to your fans and you want to like you say you want to give your fans the ultimate package. This was a double disc. I mean, beautiful artwork all over the cover of like a guy battling like a dragon, mm-hmm. and you open it or some sea beast or something, and you open it up 
and it's one of those double fold out CDs. And you've got two CDs with all this Viking artwork and stuff all over them. And you know, you fold out and there's pictures of the band and all the lyrics and everything. Well, one's a CD of their new album. The other one's a DVD of a full show of theirs. That's cool. So, I mean, dude, you're getting 20 bucks worth of stuff. You know, if they sold each for $9.99, which most bands are going to charge more than that for a DVD. Oh, definitely. I mean, you're getting a great bonus. And there's bonus tracks on the album, too. Just really cool. What's uh, the name of the band again? Amon Amarth, and it's A-M-O-N-A-M-A-R-T-H. And it's pretty good stuff. I think, you know, it's, it's something different. It was kind of, uh, you know, one of those things I normally wouldn't check out. But I want to be fair and review all, you know, like we said, we would kind of check out any music anybody recommended. So, you know, I'm sure if anybody's listening to this in Europe, they've heard of these guys because they're pretty big. Yeah, I haven't heard of them. I, I need to check them out. Yeah, I want to say they're doing like the, you know, they do, they're doing some metal tour too. They're playing for somebody and uh, with somebody. And, Here in the uh, you know what? They might even be opening for Metallica. I know the Sword is opening for Metallica, and there was another band, and it might be them. Well, I'm, that's a little I'm, bit of news. Metallica is at the Cow Palace this week rehearsing for their new tour I, that's about to I start. I know. They wanted to get a stadium thing and uh, yeah. going, and that's kind of... It's funny. The best times I've seen Metallica was probably at the Cow Palace. Yeah, the years ago. Oh, gosh, man. I mean, they even opened up for Ozzy there one time. So, yeah, pretty... I'm dating myself. <laughs> But pretty cool. Let's see. Uh, other new albums. Um, Green Day is uh, recording a new album, a follow-up to American Idiot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I heard through the grapevine here that... Um, well, shoot. I mean, come on. We're in Oakland, John, and they live in Berkeley, and we kind of, you know, well, see those guys around. I mean... It was actually... Um, who was it? It was the singer from Garbage. What's her name again? Uh, Shirley Manson. Oh, yes. Thank you. I knew it was something Manson. How could I forget her name, man? Mm. Anyway, uh, she was on MTV just recently, and people were asking what was going on with Garbage because they went on indefinite hiatus in 2005. Well, and just so people know, I mean, I don't know if people realize Butch Vig it was in Garbage, and, and he's the guy's a huge producer. I mean, he did the re uh, most recent... Uh, I know him for, you know, the Against Me album. I'm a big fan of Against Me, and he really gave them a great sound on their new album. Uh, as far as his uh, other stuff, I mean, you could check him out. He, he's great producer, kind of up there with Rick Rubin. Uh, you know, very. He did the Against Me album? Yeah, he did the uh, Butch Vig did the new Against Me album. Oh wow! Uh, he... New way, uh, new uh, wave, right? Wow! And, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's interesting because their previous albums they had a lot of kind of acoustic. They kind of went in and out of their acoustic. Um, and uh, kind of a, they had a more country edge, mm -hmm. being from where their roots, you know, Florida, where they're from and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And their uh, new album, it's very more poppy and kind of rock and roll. You can really hear kind of a Vujovic sound in it, the guitars and whatnot. Right. I think he pretty much sat him down and said, look, you can put an acoustic song on it, but I want you to pretty much focus on your pop and, and guitars. And it, it's a poppy album, but really good. But yeah, he did that. And it surprised me when I read that. I was very surprised. Very cool. Yeah, if people don't know who uh, Vig is, he's did a Against Me's album, I guess. Uh, he did Nirvana's Nevermind, Smashing oh, yeah. Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. I mean, he's these are some of the biggest albums. I mean, come albums. On. And apparently, he used to do all of Garbage's stuff. And someone asked Shirley Manson recently if Garbage was going to be doing anything soon because they're on hiatus. And she said, quote, I don't know, to be honest. We're sort of doing our things a little bit differently, she said. I'm doing the TV, I'm doing the TV show, 
And Butch is producing Green Day right now, so he's busy. So we'll see about Ooh, garbage. So that's interesting. You know, I mean, having Butch Vig produce Green Day, that's huge. So she she let the cat out of the bag. Green Day is in the in the studio right now. Hey, just so you guys album. know, Green Day is always in the studio, man. I mean, right. uh, th- these guys, uh, they're, they're prolific. Well, I mean, they're always in the studio. Um, I mean, Billy Joe has a studio in his house. They're always recording something. I mean, he has... The guy's prolific. He's a musician. He uh, basically always, I mean, he does Foxborough hot tubs, unofficially does the network, uh, supposedly, right? Yeah. None Uh, none of Green Day is in the band, the network. Yeah. uh, For all you people out there, it's not the same band. uh, Pinhead Gunpowder was another, you know, these guys are busy as well as they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, So, you know, it's not... Green Day is always doing something, and I don't think unless they're out on tour, those guys are recording something. That's funny. Most artists are, unless they're you know on hiatus right after their tour. Mm-hmm. Show reviews, John. You got any shows? Uh, in fact, you you um let's see, you saw Weezer recently. I saw Panic at the Disco, Dashboard Confessionals, and Dang. and yeah, Plain White Tees. Yeah, no, recently. I mean I took my daughter to that one, so I wasn't you know I kind of walked in with a closed mind, being like, ah, oh, it's a teeny bopper show, but I got to give these bands credit. They actually put on a good show, man. It's pretty cool. You know, I actually sat there and got rocked out a little bit by guys a lot younger than me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it was kind of, you know, it always blows you away. I was like, man, I wish I could play guitar like that 20-year-old. You know, it was kind of neat. Right. I thought the Plain White Tees had a pretty darn good guitarist and uh, entertained the crowd as well as the Dashboard Confessionals. And they even played a Weezer cover, which was kind of funny because you just saw Weezer. So yeah. uh, it was pretty pretty funny, but uh, good show. And uh, Panic and Disco always puts on a good show. You don't get a bad show with those guys. In fact, Brendan Urie, the singer, proved the fact to me that he can play every instrument. During the show, he came out, and he's a singer usually and plays guitar. I think anybody who knows Panic! of the Disco know that because they've seen his videos, and he's jumping all around the place. Mm-hmm. But Brennan Yuri sang, played the guitar, played the electric guitar when he sang, switched with the bassist and played bass on a song where actually it's not just a dum 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 song where he actually had some pretty intricate bass lines, then played piano for a song while he sang, and then at the end of that song called, I think it was Summer or something to do with Summer, Went over and played a drum. Uh, had they had like a little mini drums kit on the stage, and he played along with the drummer, and they kind of duel with each other at the end of the song, kind of like in a Beatles-ish or Beach Boys-ish type thing. Huh. So pretty impressed by what a good musician that guy was. I know the rest of the band, you know, they were there too, but I was actually pretty impressed. Uh, that was pretty neat to see a kid that young. I want to say the guy's 22 years old, and I'm forgive me if I'm wrong. He might be older, but he looks like he is, and uh, that it was pretty neat. Uh, let's see. What did you think of Weezer, man? Weezer was good, man. I had never seen them uh, just by themselves. I've seen them in festivals and we you know, saw them at the Warp Tour, Tour yeah. stuff like that. So to actually see um, a whole set by them was really cool. And they, you know, just like they are in their videos and stuff, they're really quirky, got a lot of energy. Like Rivers Cuomo is just the trippiest man ever. I've heard that, and I, you know, I've never met him, so I couldn't say that, but I've heard he's just a very quiet, recluse guy. He's a recluse guy. I didn't hear him speak a word all night, except when he was on stage, and the guy was, like, very spastic. out. Yeah, spastic out, spazzing out and stuff. He was awesome. He puts on a great show. Hey, man, did you tell him to shave his mustache? No, I didn't, and you know what? It fits him. Does it? You know, it does. When he was, I don't mind the cowboy hat. That's cool, man. I think he looks good with that, but, dude, the... 
The mustache, man. I, I'm afraid to bring my kids to a show, dude. I'm afraid he's going <laughs> to grab them or something, take them away. No, when he, when he's just walking around not on stage, it looks really creepy. But then when he's on stage, he the whole band wore these red and white Nike track suits. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. And it was just kind of like retro with the track suits and the mustache. It, it fit. It yeah, looked really I, I cool. agree. But sometimes, man, I don't know, man. I saw a picture of him the other day in a magazine or something, and I went, oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, it's Well, scary. he used to have the Buddy Holly look. You know, he wore mm-hmm. the glasses, so it's kind of just interesting. Yeah, it's a little I didn't turn. recognize him. I was like, who the hell is that guy? And then they were like, it was a Weezer hoot nanny or something. So Yeah, it's a, it's a got a ugly mustache yeah i actually like their music i'm not i don't i'm not too into the last couple albums but i really like that blue album of theirs in the album right after that but uh you know that i mean i think that's one of the best rock and roll albums of the 90s was the blue album you know that came out at the same time as what nirvana Nevermind. Mm-hmm. and i mean just great albums so yeah who, uh, let's see who else Have you seen anybody uh, else you went to the alice 97.3 now, now and zen hey how was sugar ray i heard they played there and that i can't i didn't know they were still together man well the, the funny thing is they were the only one on the whole bill that i knew and same with me, me when i read that <laughs> you know there was um world duffy played um who else was there sugar ray um, and a few other bands I had never heard of. And the only one I really knew of was Sugar Ray. And so I was like, oh, wow, this will be kind of cool. I've actually worked with them before and stuff. They were terrible. Well, I, I didn't want to say anything. But, man, I mean, come on, dude. They, Mark McGrath's been doing the news on Eve. I mean, like, what, nightly? I mean, he's had a job down in, I, I think mm-hmm. they're out of L.A. for a long time now. And I don't think they do much as a band. I mean, they might play a fair here or there or somebody's party or something. But... I'll just put it this way. They play. They started out with one of their hit songs. I forget which one. Oh, yeah, yeah probably Every Morning like or, or Falls four, Apart. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sure. They play that, and then all of a sudden, they put on, I think it was a Journey song. And I'm like, okay, are they going to mix in this Journey song into a new song? Like, is he going to, yeah. is the band going to play? No, no, no. Their DJ put on a record and just let it play. For a song, and then they'd play another hit song of theirs, and the DJ would put on another yeah, record. Kinda... It was like a glorified. And Mark McGrath, he was, you know, singing and rapping over the the albums that were being played, but the lyrics were still in the albums, so it wasn't even karaoke. It was like kind of weird. Yeah. MC. Well, it what happened? Weird. They used to be able to play those guys. Their first album that they put out, Lemonade and Brownies, I want to say, and then their I you know they had another one after that called Floored, and then fourteen fifty nine. Lemonade and Brownies, man, they were really funky. You know, really bass driven, Bootsy Collinish, uh, Bootsy Collin, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, P funk type, you know, bass driven stuff. Where, you know, he's saying some high voices on that stuff, and then they had some real like heavy metal. They kind of went in and out of stuff. But the guys have always been known. They do great covers. I mean, they did like uh, Abracadabra. Um, I want to reach out and grab you, you right. know. By and that, would, that, that would be fun. great. Oh, but these weren't even covers. This was the DJ playing the the album, the record, and that's horrible. Well, rapping, you know what ruined that band? I hate to say it was when they threw the DJ in there. You know, I mean, maybe he's been there from day one, but I could have sworn, man. You know, on the first album, you don't hear him too much. When they started doing Fly. And that song went right. big. All of a sudden, it was all DJ this and DJ that. And personally, I, you know, it's kind of a little Limp Biscuitish or something. You know, I don't, I, I, I like just, they were a good rock band. They should have just kept right. it like that and maybe used the sound effects from the DJ in the background like a lot of bands do. But once you're playing 
you know, spinning a song and Sammy, come on, man. Who nobody wants to go to a show and see karaoke. I yeah, hate I that. would I would have been definitely disappointed if I actually paid for a ticket and um it almost seemed like they didn't have enough material, which was weird. I mean, they, you know, they played their three or four hit songs and that was about it. And then they filled the rest with this fake karaoke thing. It was really disappointing. Yeah. So that, and that I hate fun. to say it. I mean, they're really nice guys. I've seen them before and they were great. Yeah. They put on a good show. Instance, That's what I thought. They did not do well. I haven't heard of them. Excuse me. I haven't heard of them about 10 years, John, but, uh, you know, that's, that's interesting, man. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm bummed that they didn't get to pull out a good show. Maybe something in the future. Right. Another thing was uh, New Kids on the Block a couple days ago. I was able to go see that. Yeah, I was making fun of you for that one, but hey, it's a job, man. Uh, How was the show? It was actually really good. I mean, those guys, from what I've heard, they haven't lost a beat. They're still New Kids on the Block. Yeah, they, you know what? A lot of them, they have voices, man. They can sing. And they can do the little dance moves. They still got it. You know, they're older, but they, they're they still doing it. The thing that I thought was, I felt was really funny, though, was the fact that, you know, new kids used to attract all the young girls, you know. And I was like, oh, well, they're going to get a whole new generation of young girls. And I was, I was like, oh, these hot girls are going to be at the show. No, 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 no. It's the same exact girls. Oh, no. Same exact girls is what. 10, 20 years. When were they out of the 15 so years ago? you're talking 30-year-old women. Yeah, and then down. And then, and then they're dressing in like their mini skirts and stuff because they want to show off to the new kids. Like, oh, Ooh, look at boy. me, look at me. And a lot of them weren't pulling it off. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's, uh, that's hard. Which was, you know, sad on a personal level. And it made my job a little hard because <laughs> I had to look at it all night. But yeah, he was Cougar City, too, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It was a little crazy, but the band did really well. The production went off very well. Uh, they put on a good show, and it, it really surprised me. I thought it was going to be, you know, like, mm, here's the new kids. They I don't, don't really think, have it anymore, but here they are. I don't think they'd be doing this big a tour if somebody right. hadn't checked them out and felt it out. And so, you know, that's a lot of money, the places they're playing and the type production they brought along with them. I mean, you saw how big a crew they had. I mean, it's huge. Um I don't see that happening. And between that many guys, they got to make a lot of money, man. I mean, you don't go out and play a show for a couple grand a night, you know? Right. Well, all right, man. So, yeah, that that that's pretty good. Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. John, do you think anything else? Uh, we got a few more stories to go, but they're not really uh, time-pressing. We can get to them next week, I yeah, think. Yeah, we had a pretty long show this time. Let's, uh, by the time we edit it down and get it out there, I'm sure this uh, it's going to be a good hour and a half or more show. So, yeah. hopefully we're not getting too long on you guys and we're also always looking for material right definitely uh let us know give us some feedback about the show what you'd like to hear more of if there's any changes you'd like to make to the show email us at podcast at music let us know um also you can recommend bands for us to listen to tell us about your shows that are in your area oh, and speaking, we'll let speaking people of which, know speaking of which somebody did tell us about their shows and, and i almost forgot man so just to, on a on a note to go out of the show here, uh, one of uh, your artists, John. Yeah, uh, you can't forget that. Yeah, uh, full time <laughs> beret, great artist, uh, good uh, acoustic solo artist. Uh, plays a lot of shows around the Bay Area and is going to do a North Coast tour pretty soon here. But uh, full time beret is going to be playing a show on November sixteenth at Jasper O'Farrell's in Sebastian Pole, California, and then November twenty fifth at Ace in the Hole. At Sebastian, Cal- Sebastian Pool, California. 
And uh, then uh, I believe uh, Full-Time Bray is going on a North Coast tour going up to uh, Portland, Oregon on December 5th to play the Nine Muses Acoustic Pub and December 6th in Tacoma, Washington at the Mandolin Cafe. Uh, December 7th at the Skylark Cafe and Club in Seattle, Washington. Hey, awesome. That's cool, man. Getting all the way up to Washington. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and then coming back here December 20th at the El Rio in San Francisco, California. And being that we know Joel uh, pretty close, who's full-time beret, uh, I just heard... Uh, a little rumor that there's going to be some pretty good artists playing with him at that show. Oh, he's uh, going to have some guests? Yeah, one of them's going to be uh, Tony Sly from No Use for Name. I think he's going to do an acoustic set of some sort. That uh, would be awesome. And I might, I'd, forgive me, I'll Joel, if I'm too early on that, but uh, I know you'd mentioned that. And Joel, I know he's trying to get some other great artists for that one. So he puts on a wonderful show. And once again, full-time beret. And uh, try and get out and catch him in one of these cities. I'm sure there'll be a lot more popping up. Joel's really up and coming and... Uh, yeah, check him out in a city near you. He's also debuting some of his new music at these shows. Uh, it was really interesting to see uh, him play stuff besides uh, his album. So get out there and check out Full Time Beret. Very On that cool. note, John, uh, well, we got everybody have a good week. And uh, oh, you got more news, more yeah. artists. Oh, well, shoot. Yeah. We can't forget your other artists. Okay, yeah, well, not just Full Time Beret. We have uh, the Trespassers coming oh, up. Oh, man, playing, I haven't heard about them in a little while. Yeah, I know. Playing a hol- uh, Halloween show. It's Las Tortigas Dance of the Dead. They do it every year. That's Northern the, California? Yes, it's at the Evergreen Lodge right outside of Yosemite, um, I believe in El Portal area. And it's no, October 30th through November 2nd. It's a little festival that they put on there. Um, not just the Trespassers. I believe another band puts it on. But it's just for jam bands, kind of folky type stuff. It's going to be the Trespassers, Tea Leaf Green, Blue Turtle Seduction, Animal Liberation Orchestra. That's right. Blue Turtle Seduction are the host band. They're the ones ah, cool. that actually put it on. So it's really cool. A lot of jam bands going to be there. Hot Buttered Rum, The Mother Hips. Ooh, so that's if you really like band. jam bands, head on up to the Yosemite area at the end of October. You won't be disappointed. It's usually a lot of fun. That's actually a good show. I, I haven't been to it, but uh, you know, it's funny. I'm saying it's a good show, but just the lineup. Yeah, uh, good lineup. And if you like, you know, Trespassers are a great band and uh, all those bands compliment them very well. I think that'll be a good show. Yeah, it looks like uh, I mean, I don't want to list them all off, but we're looking at a good, you know, 15, 20 bands in a couple days. And I believe the ticket prices are pretty darn cheap. Well, and it's a good spectrum. Like Mother and Hips are, are rock, you know, and you got you get some some of those bands in there. You're, you're getting some rock and some folk and uh, it's, it's good. A little bit of country edge. I think that's really cool. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see who else you got. Uh, what, how about Riverside Down? They have anything shows coming up? Uh, November twentieth, they're playing the Jumping Turtle in San Marcos, California, which is down in San Diego, and they're going to be playing with Sponge. Have you ever heard the band Sponge? You know what? I have, man. Uh, Meat Plow, I think that was their big song, man. Um, and they, yeah, I know who Sponge is, and uh, that, that's actually pretty cheap. That'll be interesting, man. Yeah. That'll be a good show. And they're following great Sponge. rock bands. They're going uh, after that show on the 22nd of November. They're going to hit up the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, also with Sponge. So they're going to be doing some good stuff. Yeah, that's some good shows, man. I mean, that's, hey, they're, they're up and coming, man. Uh, make sure you catch these guys before they go real big, because, man, they, these... They put on a great rock show, and uh, you're getting to see some good bands. Why not? And we'll definitely have to go see them on November 23rd because they're going to be playing the independent.
Independent. Ah, one of my favorites. Here so. in San Francisco. So Yeah, if you get any band at the Independent, it's usually pretty good, and they make excellent drinks there. So so if you live in the San Francisco area, come out November 23rd to the Independent and check out Rubberside Down, and I'm sure uh, Darcy and I will probably be there. Yeah, come by and say hi. We'll pass out some Music Sumo stickers while we're there. Excellent. Well, hats off, everybody, and have a good, uh, have a good week now, and we will see you next week. All righty. Take care, everybody. This has been another Music Sumo Podcast.